Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Marcella Nunez-Smith qualified and motivated to address COVID-19 racial disparities. President-elect Joe Biden's coronavirus advisors are qualified and motivated to handle racial disparities brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. And we know this certainly in Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith. She's the associate dean and researcher at Yale's Medical School and an expert on healthcare inequality. That means that I love her. Dr. Nunez-Smith is an unbelievably valuable person in the effort to address these issues as they pertain to the pandemic. She's active in the New Haven community and has been working on the front lines treating patients. She also does work behind the scenes and is committed to addressing healthcare inequalities. Yes, she is. Dr. Nunez-Smith and the advisory committee plan to move quickly to ensure minority communities have priority in getting the vaccine. This partly involves restoring trust in science and government so that the communities feel comfortable with the vaccination program. Dr. Nunez-Smith also recognizes the mental impacts of COVID-19 and the potential long-term for symptoms of the virus. She also recognizes the importance of providing long-term access to health care, especially in underserved communities. Dr. Nunez-Smith says the Biden advisory team plans to increase testing, expand contact tracing, restore public trust by engaging interactions with community members and community and healthcare workers. That's exactly what they should be doing right now. Now, long-term, the hope is that these changes will last beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Access to healthcare, community trust in healthcare and science, quality housing and employment are key factors in reshaping the social determinants of health and health outcomes. COVID-19 has exposed these issues to many people who were previously unaware of their existence. And I will say this, and I've said this from the very beginning, one of the silver linings, and it's a notable silver lining, I wish that we didn't have to go through COVID-19 to get to the silver lining, is that I think now more than ever, people recognize not only these health disparities, but the societal disparities that communities of color have experienced for centuries in the American experience. And certainly, I think moving forward, we need to be committed to make sure that we ensure not only health equity, but just societal equity to all people's moving forward. Tulane University and COVID-19 data in the city of New Orleans. All right. This is our place. Uh, both uh, Doc Riggs and I are graduates of Tulane. We live in New Orleans. So let's see what we got here. Tulane University in New Orleans decided to open its doors to students to conduct in-person learning this fall. University officials had to work hard to find safe ways to conduct in-person learning. Temporary learning facilities that accommodated social distancing and had strong ventilation systems were put all over campus. Restrictions on dormitory and dining hall access, along with the impressive capacity to house quarantining and isolating students, were important reasons the university was able to keep their doors open for the whole semester. That's right. These precautions were like the ones mentioned in a previous episode. 
by a student returning from Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. That's right. Another similarity was the ability to test frequently with quick turnarounds. And boy, let me tell you what an amazing testing program they put together. At Tulane, students were tested frequently, often, sometimes even daily. Now, as the university begins winter recess, what will this mean for testing data in the city of New Orleans? Frequent testing of Tulane students, faculty, and staff contributed heavily to the COVID-19 testing data for the city itself. It did, I know, because I looked at that data every day. In fact, we were talking about it today. Yeah, we did. Over a period of 16 days, Tulane conducted and returned 35,000 COVID tests. Wow. About 13% of all tests conducted in Louisiana in that period. Wow. But it's going to be difficult discerning Tulane's COVID-19 tests from city or state COVID-19 tests and reporting. A lag in reporting between the university and the city makes it impossible to know which tests are coming from Tulane and which are coming from the city. That's right. You know, all in all, I think that Tulane has done an amazing job not only in being able to bring their students back for the semester, but also making sure that they educated them in classes and classrooms that were safe, also made sure the students stayed safe. They actually had dorm rooms where students who were positive and lived in another dorm, they could go and do their 14-day quarantine there. They really did an amazing job. And I also wanted to give kudos to all the other universities here in the city. I'm looking at uh, Xavier University. I'm looking at UNO and Dillard uh, and Loyola, who've all really done very, very strong jobs in making sure that students uh, remain safe while they were attending classes. Delivering the tea on food delivery. New York City's unemployment rate rose to 13.2%. Many people have had to turn to work for food delivery apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash. Yeah. The New York Times says a big portion of this population consists of undocumented people who can't file for unemployment or coronavirus AIDS. And drivers' working conditions have gotten worse since the beginning of the pandemic. Drivers are at great risk, not only for COVID-19 infection, going from home to work, but also for assault and theft. Some workers have complained about restaurants refusing to let them use their restrooms. Mm -mm. Remember, food delivery companies have seen surges in profit. But because drivers are considered independent workers, they're not entitled to minimum wage, overtime, and other benefits. I know. You know, and to make matters worse, some drivers don't even receive 100% of their tip. Some companies, including DoorDash and Uber, are providing extra help, such as sick pay, personal and protective equipment, and even telemedicine services. Delivering driving can be convenient for people trying to make a supplemental income, but it can also be a big struggle when it's the primary job. That's right. Many drivers are not satisfied with the treatment they've been receiving, but they have to work in order to survive. That's right. And if you're one of those uh, individuals, we just want to say much props to you, our hats off to you. You are doing great work, hard work, and we appreciate all of the food that is delivered to us safely. So thank you. Thank you. Biden's COVID-19 Advisory Board, Dr. Eric Goosby. All right, so today's featured member of President-elect Joe Biden's COVID-19 Advisory Board is Dr. Eric Goosby. Dr. Goosby is an infectious disease expert Yay. who served in governmental roles under both the Clinton and Obama administrations. He's helped to shape many healthcare programs and policy. That's right, and first let me just say he's an ID doctor. Thumbs up. 
All right. Dr. Goosby has over 35 years of experience of working in the field of HIV. He was also the director of HIV services at the Health Resources and Services Administration, where he oversaw the newly authorized Ryan White Care Act in 1991. This law provided essential services to those with HIV and AIDS. And let me just say real quickly, as a matter of transparency, this podcast that you're listening to is funded by this very same program that Dr. Goosby found way back in 1991. So thank you to HRSA and to Ryan White for allowing us to do this podcast. Doc Riggs, back to you. Yep. Under former President Obama, Goosby served as a global AIDS coordinator. And in 2015, he was appointed the United Nations Special Envoy on Tuberculosis. He's a med school professor and currently serves as director of the University of California, San Francisco Center for Implementation Science. Dr. Goosby completed his bachelor's degree in biology at Princeton University before obtaining an MD at the University of California at San Francisco. We welcome Dr. Goosby to the effort and wish him and the rest of the advisory panel the best of luck. But you're not going to need luck because you guys already have a ton of skill. Yeah, we can't wait to see this. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.